Welcome to the Pod Fast Foodcast, a podcast about fast food. I'm Ryan. Hey guys, I'm Steven. And on this show, each week we go to a different fast food location and we try one, sometimes two, of their menu items. Sometimes three. I think yeah, some I think we almost hit four one time. Sometimes four. <laughs> we'll probably never do five. Maybe six. Yeah. Where do we go this week, dude? This week we went to one of Ryan's favorites, his number oh one spot. This week we went to Subway. Yeah. Got some Sammies, some sandwiches. Like one does at Subway. Yeah. At Subway, you eat fresh. Though, that's going to be a point of contention when we get to the quality of this food. Hater. So we went to Subway, and just like when we did Jimmy John's and Jersey Mike's, two other sub sandwich places, we went and we got our own orders. We didn't get the Mm -hmm. same thing, so we're not reviewing the same exact thing this week. We got our own orders. and It's a little different this time, though. Yeah, right. So in previous episodes, we got like, oh, what would we get? Yeah. Right? Like our t- our typical order. Like, oh, yeah, had we not gone there unrelated to the podcast. Exactly. This time we looked at the classic sandwiches and we went, okay, there are options here that we would have gotten normally. Probably pretty similar sandwiches to what we both got at Jersey Mike's and Jimmy John's. Yeah. But then we looked at the Subway series. So that's a unique line that Subway does with specialty sandwiches that are, for the most part, I would say spins on their classics. Is that a fair assessment? Mm -hmm. And we both picked one that sounded interesting to us. And let's dive right into it. So, Rai, do you want to tell people, like, uh, read the copy aloud of the Subway series line to give people a little perspective? It was created last year in 2022. Uh, it's got a little established in 2022 under the logo, which I do kind of like because we were here for history. Mm, yeah. Uh, it reads, Subway is introducing the all-new Subway series, the 12 best Subway sandwiches we've ever created at Subway. Our culinary team has applied nearly 60 years of sandwich skill and tested hundreds of recipes to create an all-star menu of 12 of Subway's most craveable sandwiches that are easily ordered by the name or number. It's the biggest menu change in Subway's history and a whole new way to Subway. A whole new way to Subway. The way that I would explain it is, so, you know, Subway is known for, you can customize it, you make the sandwich yourself, you pick your stuff you want to put on it. Uh, They do have, you know, classic sandwiches on their menu. Um, But when you order those, they're pretty basic. And then you, you will be asked to, you know, choose the toppings these are essentially those original sandwiches with some extra toppings on them already mm-hmm. so you don't even have to think it makes it easier to order for some people who don't like ordering at subway like myself mm. uh you know i see all the options you get overwhelmed i could just come in here and give a number i can give a name either way it's going to be a, you know a sandwich complete with toppings and you know interesting additions beyond just like a normal standard sandwich makes sense yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I like the I like having the option one way or the other. You know, mm-hmm. at, at at the other places we've done, 
they they will put other stuff on the sandwiches if you yeah. want other stuff on the sandwiches. But I would say that those places just kind of skip the step of just having like something so basic. Like all of their sandwiches are typically pretty well rounded subs. When when was that? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, of Jimmy Johnson. No, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you're not you like you're able to customize, but like with Subway, you're intended to customize. Exactly. You like, walk that, in. That is the idea. Full assembly line, and the expectation yeah. is is that you're gonna put whatever you want on the thing. Right. So we got two sandwiches from the original line. Now, looking at the uh, Subway series part of their menu as of 2023. There are now more than the 12 original sandwiches that were part of the Subway series. Correct. So they've added to this over the last year. Now, that being said, not necessarily intentionally, we both did get two of the originals. Yeah. So let's get right into it. I got the number eight, the great garlic. That's our creamy garlic sauce is the secret to this sub. We pile juicy rotisserie style chicken, crispy bacon two times the Monterey cheddar, lettuce, tomatoes, red onions on toasted artisan bread, all topped off with our creamy roasted garlic aioli. Irresistible. All right. All right. All right. So do you want to tell everybody what you got? And I got the champ. Now, some of these are trademarked. Some of these are race reserved and some of these are just plain, but I think it's kind of funny. Uh, the champ is described as tender hand pulled rotisserie style chicken, a double helping of Monterey cheddar, Green peppers, red onions. It's topped off with creamy peppercorn ranch and served toasted on artisan Italian bread. This one's a winner. Yeah. I just uh, flexed on Rye. I've got my arms up and I'm flexing like I'm a champion. Yeah. Like the champ. Just like Champ Bailey. (laughs) Right, let's get right into it. What did you think of the champ? I got to make an addendum because... One more thing to mention here. You can also still put on any extra toppings onto these sandwiches, which I did. So before I even get into it, I have to say I did add something to it. What? Mostly because I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. I wasn't even sure if it would be a good idea. Mm. Uh, I, it was. I actually did really like it. Uh, I just added their honey mustard onto the sandwich. Okay. Because I really like Subway's honey mustard. Huge fan. All right. Makes sense. So this. Well, it's, yeah. Well, sorry. I, I was going to say, in, in that case, would you like to open things up instead with just your general subway thoughts? Like, what were you going into this with? Okay. You could start wherever you want, but I was just thinking. No, like, that, that's that's smart. No, you're right. Uh, I, I, you know, it was mentioned in the intro. I'm a big fan of subway. I like subway. It's This is kind of reminds me of. We talked, this was forever ago. We talked about Little Caesars. And there's a classic, there's a meme out there that, you know, Little Caesars is good. And the only thing that makes it bad is, is the person you're, you're telling you that it's not good. Right. I feel identical about Subway. Now, do I, I do I know all of the problems with Subway? And maybe, you know, things like the bread in some countries isn't called bread because they can't be. Eh, dumb. Dumb. I, do I, I mean, know that? Is it is it the biggest chain restaurant in the world and they've overtaken everything? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's bad. Like the bread thing is. Um, I mean, I... <laughs> yeah, and they've had similar things. Like, I think in some places they can't call it tuna. 
white bread has sugar in it. Subway's bread has more sugar in it than your typical white bread that you would find in the grocery store. That being said, it's eh, whatever. It's silly. It's annoying. Shut up. It tastes good. Okay. And and I think that's all there is to it. It just Uh, tastes good. uh, And it tastes good in a very (laughs) fast foody way to me. Where like all the way around, all this stuff, it, it has a very specific subway taste to it. That I have a lot of nostalgic nostalgia for. I really like Subway. I, I you know, are the ingredients you know they say eat fresh? Are the ingredients the freshest? No. Do they taste like Subway's ingredients? And are they pretty consistent at doing that? Yes. And for that, I applaud them. Would you like my thoughts? Do you have any thoughts? I do have Subway thoughts. I I, I look. I understand the line that you're trying to draw. Between what Subway is to sub sandwiches, what, you know, Little Caesars is to pizza, what McDonald's is to burgers, right? Mm-hmm. It's the fast food-ified version of those standards that people know from elsewhere and done their way. This stands out to me between the three. It's, ju- it's just tasting like a lesser version of the real thing. I can just feel where all the corners are cut. And it's just not as good. Now, is that perhaps because I like sandwiches probably even more than I like pizza or burgers? I know that that might sound weird, but I do. I really like a sandwich. Real. Subway has Subway has never given me what I wanted out of a sandwich. It just mm-hmm. tastes like a lesser ver- it t- like I like some corners that I feel get cut. Like your meat protein amount always feels way stripped down. The quality uh, of the bread, which I feel like is such a huge thing, feels stripped down. They, they, their tagline, their slogan is eat fresh. And I just feel like the, the condiments are just worse. The the toppings, the vegetables uh, are just worse. Uh, maybe not the condiments. Maybe I'll give you that. Like sauces. Sauces are think, great. Well, I, I wouldn't say great, <laughs> but I would say that that's where they do fine. I feel like I'm getting a stripped apart experience. Now, this is where my real problem with Subway comes in. Uh-huh. Throughout, like, say, the 2000s, the aughts, I really didn't have a problem with Subway. Not Like, actually, not at all. Mostly because I felt like they really carved out a niche in, within the world of fast food subs or subs in general where they had kind of come in and they exploded in popularity before Jimmy John's or Jersey Mike's did. And really what they were offering you was a really nice alternative to say local sandwich places, which at the time were giving you big giant hoagies, subs, heroes experiences, and you had to pay for it, right? Subway comes in with the $5 footlong promotion which was a really cutback price from what you would be paying elsewhere. And it actually settled into a really nice sweet spot. I thought that was very equivalent to, say, the hot and ready from uh, Little Caesars. And they had a niche. I, I had no problem with Subway back then. My problem with Subway has really come in the last, like, 10-ish years. They're just as expensive, if not slightly more, than Jersey Mike's or Jimmy John's. And at that point, what are we doing? It's just not as good. You're paying the same amount, and you're just getting... Like in my in my opinion, I know whatever it's to taste. I get it. You're getting a you're getting a different thing, and that's what I would argue. But yeah, I I think that Little Caesars to this day 
is still a really nice economic alternative to Pizza Hut and Domino's. It still costs less, and it should because it's the the dumb alternative. I actually really like Little Caesars. I think Little Caesars is really good at doing exactly what we're describing, what Subway was trying to do or was attempting to do for a long time with subs. Little Caesars does that successfully, in my opinion, and I actually prefer it to the other fast food pizza alternatives for this exact reason. It's competitors, Papa John's Domino's Pizza. I prefer it because I think that it does that better. This does not do fast food subs better than Jimmy John's and Jersey Mike's to me. I think that those places give you a good alternative. There's one on every corner. You can find it anywhere. Yeah. You, you get a consistent experience, you know, as an alternative to a nice sub sandwich. I think that those two places fill that that void better. Subway, I it's not an economic alternative. You know, to to order the sandwiches that we got are uh, uh you know, it's like eight bucks for the six inch it's like 12 13 dollars for the foot long i just that doesn't seem like great value to me for the fast food sub yeah i i would at that point i bet for a very similar price in the 10 to 15 dollar range you could get a way better sub at a local place than you could from any of these places and are probably more akin to jersey mike's or Jimmy John's because those places tend to focus a little bit more on quality. Right. So that that's, that's my spiel on subway. I know that it seems like I'm a big subway hater. I wasn't for a long time. I didn't, I don't, I, I never, and still do not think their food is like terrible. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, I think that I, I, I have always felt like I can see the seams on subway where when I go to Jersey Mike's and Jimmy John's, I just feel like I'm just getting a good sub from a good sandwich place, more or yeah. less, more or less. So, so that's my take. I get it. I hear it. Now, what did you think about your specific sandwich that you had here, uh, the great garlic? Right. So, yeah, I got the number eight, the great garlic, and I think that this is where a lot of my complaints just tie right in to how I kind of feel about the place in general. It felt chintzy is the best way that I could describe it. It felt like it was lacking in substance. I compare this in my mind to when we reviewed the two other sandwich places. This feels so sparse in terms of the toppings Mm. and the bread. The bread quality to me is where Subway really falls flat. So we both had the same one, right? The The toasted artisan Italian bread. Yeah. I'm not going to say that it was lacking in flavor. I just thought that it was lacking in any sort of heft, any sort of give, any of that classic like bite that I wanted. It's just like like weakly chewy is how I would describe it. Oh, it's a good chewy though. It's a nice it's a nice chew, and the toast gets a good crust on the outside, a good crunch. It's like a cheap flaky crust that like peels off and falls bad, really bad. I I, I, don't, I don't like the bread. I do not like the, 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 uh, uh, you know, amount of ingredients. I don't like the quality of the ingredients. I'm like, I'm searching for pieces of chicken in this. They're, they're not amazing. Bacon, limp. 
vegetables, limp, sad. The flavors are okay. That's where I would say that this kind of works. This like cheese plus garlic aioli combo mm-hmm. uh, worked. It was tasty. So I, I think that like that like that like that is where they can catch up a little bit is I think sometimes the flavors are all right. And here here they worked. They worked. I You know, it's called the great garlic. It's a pretty garlicky sandwich. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I signed up for. So I was happy enough with that. But the places that matter to me from a sandwich place, I want it to feel substantial I want I want good quality ingredients and I want a nice piece of bread, a nice loaf of bread. This did not hit on those marks. So I've got to ding it for that. Let's let's, let's get all this negativity out of here, right? Uh, t- please tell me, what did you think of the champ? What did you think of the champ? Oh, dude, the champ's the champ of sandwiches. I typically get their turkey. That's usually my go-to on the Subway menu. So I, I haven't had their artisanal chicken maybe ever. If not, it's been a long time. Wow. No, I have. I had it. I've had it to you know chicken bacon ranch here before, a while ago though. At this point, so I you know they're chicken in forever. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. I you know I, I like it on a sandwich. Um, I think it's got a good texture. I personally had a lot of chicken on mine. It's kind of it's more of the focus on the sandwich though. There's less other toppings on it. Yeah. Uh, lots of cheese. Very cheesy sandwich. I like that a lot. I like their their shredded cheddar here in the Monterey cheddar. The green pepper and the onions, those are typically two of my go-to toppings, even for my turkey sandwich. And that they had a good texture. They, they definitely, they're, I mean, they're pretty simple. They got the, the flavor there. The peppercorn ranch is great. And I and I like a lot of their sauces. I think that's one of my favorite parts of their menu. That combined with the honey mustard, I know that's a little weird for some people. I, you know, I typically will go for two sauces on a lot of these sandwiches. And they maybe don't always go together perfectly, but... Peppercorn ranch, you know, it's it's got it's savory. It's got a, you know a little, little little kick to it. The the tail uh, with the honey mustard. That's that's a really nice sweet uh, honey mustard, uh, which I, I like that for a sandwich quite a bit. With the bread, you know, I like their bread. Like I said, it you know it's yeah, it's very sugary. You know that, but um, I think it's got a good texture, a nice little a nice little chew. It gets toasted very well. Oh no, this is a real good sandwich. You're a sauce guy, you go double sauce. I usually go double sauce. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll go yeah, a triple listeners. sauce, depending on what you think a mayonnaise is. <laughs> like, what's, I, the, I, what's the situation you're going triple sauce in? Like, what are three sauces these, you're combining? These two sauces, like the ranch, the honey mustard, and, and like a mayonnaise. Isn't mayonnaise in like all three of those that you just listed? Yeah. Is it mayonnaise the number one ingredient in all three? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, though. <laughs> is mayonnaise ranch or is, is ranch like cream? Is it like sour cream or something? Yeah. Like I don't know. I actually don't I'm know. not. I'm not entirely sure. It's This is like a thicker ranch. So I don't know that if that goes either way. Okay, so I've looked it up, and ranch dressing is a mixture of buttermilk and mayonnaise. Ah, okay. Or any other oil-based immersion, emulsion, not immersion, emulsion. In addition to that, you can also substitute sour cream and yogurt uh, for buttermilk and mayonnaise. So you don't have to do it just one way, but the typical way is buttermilk and mayonnaise. So 
Yeah. Three mayonnaise based sauces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good, so sue me. All right. Right to jail. <laughs> the the verdict came in and uh yeah, they think uh, you're going to jail for this one. Okay, so I think that that was a pretty good overview of the two sandwiches that we got. Do we want to talk some about the menu itself? Sure. How about how about we do the standard classic sandwiches menu? And perhaps right, you want to tell people like, yeah, like what would your typical order have been? What would you have gotten had we gone from the standard menu? Okay, here's what I would have done. The roast has been a little slow, but I'm on the page for my go-to, my base, my the oven roasted turkey. And I, I like that. Yeah, I usually go foot long to get half an hour, half later kind of action going. Yeah. But um, if I'm just eating this now, I'm usually a six-inch kind of guy. I go the uh, Italian herbs and cheese bread. I feel like that's their most famous. Yeah, a, ni- a nice little outer coating of Italian herbs and cheese. That being said, though, all right, but my second favorite is probably the hearty multigrain. I actually like sure. that one quite a bit. Uh, I'm going protein. Yeah, I'm getting the turkey. Cheese, I switch it up from time to time. I've gotten each of these on different occasions, but I'm probably going provolone. You have the option between American pepper jack provolone or a shredded Monterey cheddar. Probably going provolone. Plenty of vegetables. I'm going lettuce, spinach. Cut out the tomato. No cucumbers. And then I'm I'm sometimes I'm going green peppers, but I'm always going a, a light red onion, not too much too much onion, just a little bit of onion. Mm. Uh, and then sauces. I'm typically going mayonnaise plus honey mustard. Maybe you can throw in a ranch. I'm kind of interested. You've almost sold me on this roasted garlic aioli. I'm curious. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty darn good. If you're in the mood for something garlicky, which I was. That, that's that, that's another mayonnaise I can add to the rotation. Of course. You could go. You could go quadruple mayonnaise if you wanted. Uh, uh, oh, don't, oh, don't be ridiculous. Let's calm down. Uh, and before I even forget to mention additional protein, I'm adding bacon on it. Got to get the bacon. Calling it a day. Adding that to my cart, and I'm eating it. Turkey and bacon. I mean, that's one of the most winning double meat combinations known to man. Truly elite. What are you getting, dude? Thanks for asking. Uh, hey, hey, welcome to Subway. What do you want? Uh, I'd probably get, like, I, I do a rotation. I would get, like, the BLT. I was looking at... You want a BLT? Why are you still talking? What? We're role-playing here. Uh, I was thinking about getting, when I um, uh, was picking my order, I, I was considering getting the buffalo chicken. Is one okay. that I, it was one that I might get from time to time. Yeah, I like any sort of, you know, cold cut combo, spicy Italian, anything that's just sort of a deli meats plus yeah. the standard array of veg. Yeah, I don't really love the Italian. I don't really do any like specialty anything. I just get pretty standard orders. Wow, no wonder you don't like it. You don't I, even no, make I, the sandwich. Stop it. I'm with you on the two breads, though. Those would be the two I would pick between. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yes, I do. I just get something that's more straightforward. It doesn't mean that I don't pick specific toppings. And if I'm being honest, uh, I couldn't even rattle through the toppings right now because their site is not loading for me. Yeah, I feel like they're getting doxxed right now. Or dosed. I kept It's pretty dosed? slow. <laughs> Be dosed. You know uh, what I meant, dude? 
whatever. Um, yeah, so their, their menu is, you know, very standard. Everything else that we didn't mention. Veggie sandwich, pizza sub, beatball marinara, roast beef, tuna, you know, it's the stuff mm-hmm. you'd expect. Uh, I would say on the, on the core classic menu, this is... This is all the standard stuff. Nothing, nothing too wild. Uh, are there any Subway Series sandwiches that you wanted to draw people's attention to? We maybe don't need to go through all of them, but what do you see in here? You know, they got some funny names: uh, the Boss, the Monster, the Philly. That one's not that funny. No. Um, I'm liking the sound of number twelve, the Turkey Cali Club. Um, yeah, turkey, bacon, standard stuff. It's got mozzarella, uh, and it's got a smashed avocado on top of it. That kind of sounds good. You know, I like avocado on, 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 like, toast, you know, maybe with the turkey, the bacon. That sounds pretty good. Hmm. How about you? Anything? Anything standing out? The Beast. The Beast? Yeah. Is this Mr. Beast tied in? Tie-in? I've made it back to the website's menu. Where's the beast? I've got the menu pulled up. It's just that. Oh, the beast. That when I click well, into yeah, any of the subs, they don't load. I was in on a sub, so oh. it took a while to get back. <laughs> I see. Anyway. The beast. The beast is just a big giant sandwich. It's got a bunch of stuff on it. It does. It's got half a pound of meat on it. Um, The Hot Shot Italiano. I like that name. It's not bad. They've got an elite chicken bacon ranch. Did you mention that? No, I did not, but they do. Uh, pickleball club. Uh, my eye is kind of drawn to the sandwich called the Subway Club. Yeah, I like that as a concept. It's a little disappointing that it's like not crazy. <laughs> it's kind of just a club. You know, the Beast has their MVP vinaigrette on it. Yeah, I was going to say something about that, but I wasn't sure what it was and if I was missing something. Most valuable player. Well, okay. Something that we went through when we were picking this is is that you were convinced that these subs were tied to celebrities like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so... One second. And it seemed as if that might have been the case in the past, but isn't right now. Yeah, so unclear it was with the subway series and they rotate sandwiches in and out and in the past they have had the theme sandwiches to some famous athletes such as such as Derek jeter the grand salami all right that makes sense I mean, he wasn't known for hitting grand slams. He wasn't known for hitting home runs really at all. Derek Jeter was an all-star level shortstop. He was a good contact hitter. You know, he was pre- had a pretty good eye. Wasn't really well, known for his grand slams. The he's only baseball, baseball representation here. Yeah, I mean, he's a baseball player. Baseball players hit grand slams, so I get it, but okay. Kevin Harvick? Are you familiar? What? No. The full throttle ham, so I'm going to guess NASCAR is my guess. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I can see why, because, like, Garoppolo is, like, a handsome man. He's notoriously handsome. So, like, even though he's not, like, a huge name, I can see why he would make sense of, like, put this NFL quarterback in commercials. You know what I mean? Yeah, so NFL is by far the biggest... Um, 
you know, what I mentioned on here, there's three NFL players. It makes sense. They're representative. Just, NFL yeah, representatives. Is, yeah. Uh, there's more famous than anyone else. Yeah. Uh, that one's called the Benesimo. Now, that being said, I would say that Derek Jeter probably more famous than Jimmy Garoppolo. Than Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. Yeah. But Jimmy Garoppolo more famous than most MLB players. I don't know. Garoppolo's a little down on the list. Like, I, I get that he was Tom Brady's backup, and that's probably what he's most famous for. I guess he was mm. also the Niners quarterback. San Francisco's a pretty big team mm. for a bit there, but I don't know. I don't know. Is Jimmy Garoppolo more famous than Shohei Otani? I would say probably not. No, I was I wasn't saying all. I was no, saying I, like I, most. I like he, I get it. I get like, it. Yeah, he's not high NFL wise. I wouldn't say not too high, but he would be pretty high MLB wise. No, Garoppolo is more famous than like Ronald Acuna or yeah, Mookie Betts or whatever. Yeah, but if but, you compare the talent respective to the leagues, it's not even close. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch, the beef mode. Okay. No, I like this. I like that one. That that's good. That's the best one. So the Garoppolo one, sorry, I just jumped right over. It. I mean, that's just cuz yeah. like he's Italian. Yeah, that, that's not that's not too exciting. Uh the, the 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 Lynch one is the best one. By the way, shout out to Marshawn Lynch in the movie Bottoms from this year. He is He's excellent. in that. He's excellent. He's the best part of that movie. Uh yeah, he plays like the two main characters like homeroom teacher and he steals the show and is very funny. Wow, okay. Rob Garkowski. Okay. The Avocado Spike Bowl. Okay. I mean, that's like... Because he spikes the football. Yes. But, like, that doesn't really, like... Like, Avocado Spike Bowl, that doesn't really, like, mean anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at. Like, the beef mode, that makes sense. Yeah. Avocado Spike Bowl, you're just kind of... It's like word salad. Yeah. Tony Hawk. The turkey vert. Love it. I feel like, I, and I don't have one, so I probably shouldn't criticize. I feel like there's a better pun somewhere there. But I like the turkey vert. Oh, I, I love good. it. I love it. Simone Biles. The vault witch. All one word. Okay. Uh, intercapped? No. <laughs> All caps? <laughs> And in my opinion, the worst one, Stephen Curry, the meatball marksman. Oh, oh God. Okay, so that's similar to the Gronk one, where that doesn't like mean anything. Well, it doesn't mean anything. Well, and like, okay, that one has alliteration at least. Yeah, and like it. I don't know. I well, just, it, oh, it like, feels weird for him. Is it like meatball as basketball? Yeah, and he's like a marksman because he's a good shooter. Yeah, marksman works. I'm fine with that. I'm just saying, like, in combination with the meatball. Uh, And I know Charles Barkley and Tony Romo have been out there doing sandwiches before. Well, like, Subway commercials, haven't they had all the big dogs? Hasn't, like, Mahomes, Brady, Belichick, haven't they all been in Subway commercials? Yes, yes. Uh, Charles Barkley's was the front court feast, which I actually think is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and Tony Romo brings you the Red Zone Roast. Okay. All right. Well, those are well, those are really good. Those are probably the two best ones, honestly. Like, okay, the the beef mode is probably the best. I'd say beef those mode's are, the best. Front court feast, yeah. Those are two and three because both of those are really good. A, they make a lot of sense in terms of like for a name for a thing. But on top of that, mm. uh, they're both very accurate to what those guys were known for. 
Yeah. Charles Barkley did used to feast in the front court, and uh, Tony Romo was very good in the red zone. And I'm not going to go into all of these as to what they are. They are all a little more unique. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to shout out Barkley's, which has salami, pepper jack cheese, lettuce, tomato, red onion, mayo on the Italian herbs and cheese bread. That sounds and looks really good. Hmm. Interesting. Good combination. It does sound good. Right. Did you know that Subway was founded by Fred DeLuca and financed by Peter Buck in 1965 as Pete's Super Submarines? No. Me neither. No, I didn't know that. And you know what? Mm-hmm. This part of the show completely grinds the, the show to a halt. So we're just going to skip right past it, even though I already <laughs> did it. Did you have any more on the on the Subway series? On the Subway series? No, I, I just I, I like this idea. I think it's a good way to re, you know freshen up the menu and give people an, another option to order. I think it's a good idea. I agree. That 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 is that is pretty cool. All right, right. Um, I have a new segment for us, or a I guess a a next segment for us. Okay. Because I feel like we've done similar things in the past. So I'm going to shoot you a link. Okay. And uh, I've uh, prepared this for us. Uh, we're, oh. we're recording this December 11th, 2023. Yeah. Day before the episode comes out. Yeah, and, it'll go up tomorrow. Yeah, and we are going to live react to the 81st Golden Globe Awards nominations, which just came out earlier today. Neither of us have seen these, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just going to give some takes on the world of movies and television. Can you give me like a little intro, like a little song, like a little theme song for this? Uh, I don't know if I have a theme song, but I can give you a little preamble. Uh, so I, I, I am a nerd for yeah. most things entertainment. <laughs> and, that, and I point at you and laugh. And that includes award shows, which I'm pretty nerdy yeah. for. I know that you are maybe not as hyper invested in them, but you know, like you're aware of their general senses so the golden globes are ones that are notoriously let's say uh celebrity craving they tend to do nominations more to get the celebs in the door sort of interesting now they also make a couple of interesting decisions as well that other award shows don't make like for instance they split things up for the films by dramas and then comedy musicals, which comedy musicals has always been a weird category. Yeah, it feels pretty outdated. Yeah, so like com- like separating things by by genre has always been a little weird, but it does open the door up for them to nominate more people and potentially like get a wider swath of celebs that maybe wouldn't come if it was like the Oscars. I see. I see. So yeah, right. let's uh let's take a look. What do we think? Uh, do you want to start us off? Where do you want us to do? You want to start with movies, or do you want to start with TV? Uh, let's start with movies. Okay, big year for movies. Yeah, yeah, I saw some movies this year. Yes, I would say I would. Well, say, what was your favorite movie you saw this year? Favorite movie that I saw this year was probably Oppenheimer, which has come up on the show. We talked mm-hmm. we talked Barbenheimer earlier this year. Yeah. During the peak of fever, I would say Oppenheimer was probably my favorite. Uh, just this past weekend, we saw The Boy and the Heron from Hayao Miyazaki. That is mm-hmm. also up there. I would say that those were my favorites. I- I'm sure some of my other faves from this year will will pop up 
throughout this nominees list, but I would just say this was a this was a really strong year for the cinema, both in terms of uh, yeah. quality and the wide array of stuff that we got, but then also it was a big year for getting people back in the theater. There were some big hits. It was exciting to see. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what was your favorite movie of the year? Um, if I had to pick one? If you had to pick one, just one. Probably that Fortnite live event with Eminem like a week ago. Did I get any noms here or no? Uh, what was the runtime on that? Like three days. Not how long was it in, how long was it screening? How, what was the total runtime on that? Like uh, probably about two hours. It was probably about five minutes. So if that, uh, so we're going to say that that's going to qualify for the short films category. I was looking for feature films. Um, yeah, probably Oppenheimer. Pretty good movie. All right. So this year drama, best motion picture drama. We've got anatomy of a fall. French courtroom drama. Uh-huh. Have not seen. Killers of the Flower Moon. Martin Scorsese. About painful, terrible acts happening in uh, Oklahoma in the 1930s to Native Americans. Maestro. About the life and marriage of Leonard Bernstein. Famous composer. Oppenheimer. What's that one about, right? Awesome. If I, it's about the epic dude who made an awesome, awesome thing. <laughs> it's about the guy who made a big nuclear bomb. <laughs> Past lives about a misconnection between two childhood friends. And the zone of interest, the new Holocaust drama from one Jonathan Glazer, one of my favorite directors. I would say that's a pretty good field. Mm-hmm. Any any anything missing here for you? Uh, so uh, this is the thing you got to do with the Globes is you've also got to peek at musical comedy to see what uh, they, well, how they categorize things. So some yeah. of my other favorite movies of the year, yeah, those are over there in the the musical category. Uh, well, they also do an animated category, so that's where the boy and the heron landed. Uh, mm. which okay, because like at the Oscars, for instance, you can get nominated for best animated as well as best picture, which is where yeah. I hope the boy and the heron lands this year. Could. I would say for me, the big miss between the two categories was Asteroid City, which was the new Wes mm. Anderson movie. That was one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, that mean, was this year? Because that feels like it came out forever ago. No, that was like the spring. That's crazy. Uh, and well, I'll do musical comedy and then I'll mention one for that. Because I guess Asteroid City could have been nominated for comedy musical. I don't really like this i don't like that they do this by the way to be clear okay i would not i would not split things by genre i think it's dumb it's a dumb exercise you're doing things arbitrarily i i i I don't care for that i never liked it because i just feel like it is arbitrary like you you are like especially when you nominate like when you're pushing for yourself to be in the category where you think you'll win yeah i don't like that idea yep so i don't see that with like supporting versus you know lead actor oh totally yeah, you see, you also get it a lot for the Emmys, which is the TV one. Whereas, like mm-hmm. for the Golden Globes, it's like both movies and TV, but it's not the most prestigious of either. The Emmys yeah. are the most prestigious one for television, and they split things by comedy and drama. Yeah. And it's like, mm. uh, so yeah, I do have another one for comedy musical that I feel like was missed. But I will say two movies that I haven't seen that I'm surprised 
were not nominated for drama. Uh, two big biopics from two very big name directors and two very big name stars. No Ferrari, directed by Michael Mann, starring Adam Driver. And no Napoleon, directed by Ridley Scott, starring mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix. I'm surprised that those weren't in there. Musical comedy. We've got Air, a movie about making Michael Jordan shoes. Mm-hmm. I saw it. It's all right. I was excited for that movie. It It's fine. It's yeah. it's no Moneyball. It's kind of like a Moneyball-esque type of movie, and it is not as good mm-hmm. as that. Yeah. Uh, American fiction about an author who uh, does some code switching in order to uh, appease. I didn't Jim. realize that came out. Yeah. Uh, people really liked it. That looks good. Yeah. Barbie. About Barbie the toy. Yeah, I saw that one. It was all right. As she makes her way to the real world, leaving Barbie land. The Holdovers, a new film from Alexander Payne about a private school where a teacher, a staffer, like, you know, Mm -hmm. a lunch lady type of deal, and a uh, young student are all stuck there over the holiday break. And, um... Learn to love. It's a really nice movie. This is this is also one of my favorites of the year. May December, which is a really weird one. Like, I get that it's put in comedy. Like holdovers as well. Like holdovers and May December are really straddling the line here between drama and comedy. Where now, it's like, what I'm loving is when you hover over some of these. Like you hover over May December and it says May December is a 2023 America American drama film. Yeah, like I see why I that's funny. I see why it got nominated in comedy. It is a it, it honestly honestly it is probably the movie that made me laugh the most this year. This is definitely one of my favorite movies of the year, and yeah. it's hilarious. So like I get it, but yeah, it it's not it's not really a comedy. It is kind of a drama. Like movies that blur the lines. Yeah, this is this is about a woman, an older woman who had a relationship with a young boy, and then after like she gets out of jail and things like that, uh, they get married, they form a relationship, they're together for fifteen years. This all takes place before the movie happens, and what the movie mm-hmm. is about is is that an actress comes to stay with them to shadow her because she's going to play her in a movie. And it is about the dynamics that get explored there, and it's 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 a really it's a really good movie. And yeah. and finally, Poor Things, which is the latest film from iconoclast Yorgos Lanthimos. I have not seen this movie. It is very high on my list of things that I want to watch. I do not know anything about it, so I'm going to keep it that way. But I'm really excited to see yeah. it. One 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 of our most interesting directors working today. Uh, the movie that I felt was missing from this category, and it's really disheartening because I hoped that this movie would get more love during Oscar and award season, uh, was Blackberry. Yeah. Excellent, excellent movie from Matt Johnson of Nirvana, the band, the show fame about the creation of the Blackberry, the phone. So those are my takeaways. What do you think, Ry, looking at these two lists? Um... Well, I've seen one of movie on both lists. So those are my picks. I've seen Oppenheimer and Barbie. <laughs> um, I think those are fair picks. I want to see some of these. I mean, yeah, what's I, you know, I think that that's a good question. Like what interests you between those movies, between these two lists? Um, 
I thought the holdover sounded interesting. I did kind of watch that. That's a really um, good yeah, one but... if you're looking for something over this holiday season. You know, yeah. We mentioned that it's still you know a couple of weeks out from like Christmas and things. This is a really nice movie to watch over the holidays. You know, movie. I feel like movies kind of pass me by. Maybe I should sit down. I should check some of these out. Yeah. Well, I think that well, you you might have some interesting things to say about this next category because I know you've seen most of these movies as have I, which is the animated mm-hmm. category. We're not going to go through every yeah. single category, but just some of these major ones. The um, big ones, yeah. So I've so I, we I, I've seen more than half in this one. Yeah, same here. We, we've seen the there are six nominees. We've both seen four of yeah. these. Do you want to tell everybody what we got here and what what these movies are all about? So we have the boy and the heron, um, which is. You know, acclaimed director Miyazaki. It's kind of it's meant to be his final movie. Maybe it's not. Yeah, you're meant to go in blind though, so I'm not gonna say anything about that. Yeah, I I agree. And I that agree. is key. Uh, Elemental, which is the new Pixar movie. Uh, it's about it's a it's a it's a rom com kind of thing about a fire girl and a water boy and then their relationship. It, it like it it totally is. That's a great it. It's like a race thing. Like it is like trying to yeah, do this. Yeah, that's why I didn't race. like it. Because it, I just it, I, I said this right after I watched. And I was talking to you about it. It doesn't make any sense to me because you're doing a racist thing, or yeah, like talking about racism like in their world, like race relations, Real, right? Yeah, like her, like her dad doesn't approve of him. That kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. The the Water King Kingdom, the Fire King, like they're they're both. It's like it's like Romeo and Juliet, right? Yeah. You know, our paths cannot cross. They, like, they can't. They can't be together. Right. But the, my issue with it is, is that that's literally that's true. <laughs> like they like they show it by like yeah no they don't like the grass people and the <laughs> and the water people don't like the fire people. Yeah, it's because they went there and they burned all their shit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like yeah. If I was a if I was a earth per- person, I wouldn't like yeah. the fire people. <laughs> And I, I, I just, I, it makes sense to me. I don't know. I just feel like they're diametrically opposed. I know that that's kind of the point of the movie is that like they can touch, but like, eh, whatever. Uh, I feel like I didn't see Zootopia, but I feel like Zootopia would be better at doing the race thing than a movie in which these elements are literally like doing things to each other that like they can't control. I also haven't seen Zootopia. I, I, I have a hard time grappling with both of those movies of like. It gets real dicey real fast. Of like, what are you yeah. actually saying with this? I, I just feel like you can't turn this into a metaphor. My my takeaway ended up being that I thought that there were some parts of this that actually did start to sing. Right? I thought that like yeah. the you know I didn't like it the, the second gen immigrant story. I thought that that worked, and I actually thought that like once the two characters like got together, I actually thought there was like some like touching like there was some beauty to yeah that. like their other romance part i liked it was that if you think about it too hard this movie's world building kind of falls apart that was the exact which problem. i i would say I, i've really i you know maybe it's because i watched them all as a kid but like i really liked that stuff in pixar movies mm-hmm. like in like toy story monsters Inc. like the worlds that they create i think are really cool yeah and then this was a little weird i i will at least give some credit to like the director and things like that where like I just thought that this as an idea was way too hard to like ever do effectively yeah. in a 90 minute kids movie. That being said, I will give some credit to where like it did at least felt like earnest, right? It didn't feel like it was coming from a bad corporatized place. No, it did feel like somebody that was actually trying to explain like, okay, 
for instance, was an idea. For instance, I think it was pretty clear that the Fire Nation was Fire People or whatever. It was supposed to be like Korean, like Asian diaspora, yeah. right? It was supposed to be something like that, based on what the cultures and traditions that it was showing in, in the movie are. That's- Which got weird sometimes when they would do things with their accents. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was strange, but I don't know. It's it seemed like it, to me like it was coming from a real place. I I believe but that yeah. the director, the writer, what is Korean, and it was coming from a real place. I just think that it got lost. It got muddled real fast. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, which is the follow up to Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Two great movies. Yes. So, you know, awesome superhero 2D animated movie. Mm -hmm. The Super Mario Bros. movie, which is Nintendo's big debut on the big screen. Well, they're they're re-debut. They're coming back. (laughs) Yeah, good point. (laughs) Uh, With Illumination, the creators of Minions. Woo! Despicable Me. Um, It's a fun movie. Fan service out the wazoo. Yeah, and it's fun. It's a good time. Whatever. Uh, I think this is Suzume. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say this? Yep. Uh, an anime, an anime movie, a coming of age fantasy anime movie. Yeah, this is from the director Makoto Shinkai, who's on a real tear right now. Uh, he first mm-hmm. kind of came to people's attention with the movie Five Centimeters Per Second, which was like this very like uh striking looking oh. anime film. Yeah. Um. But he's been on this. It's this guy. Yes. He's been on a tear recently that started with Your Name 2016, which is one of the highest grossing animes of all time. It is a body. It was was the highest grossing at some point. I believe it was. I think it it got beat by um, Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Your Name is a body swap romantic comedy, uh, which was a a, a nice movie. Uh, Weathering with You, which I have never seen, but is a similar like teen romance yeah. movie, and then Suzume, uh, which I believe <laughs> is this the movie where the girl falls in love with the chair? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, uh, maybe you you could mention what the last movie is here, and I'll look that up. Uh, and then finally is Disney's new animated movie, Wish. Um, which is supposed to be like their big hundred year special animated movie. Centennial. Yeah. It looks kind of like the most generic thing possible. I actually thought the animation kind of looked cool. Like I thought it kind of looked in- a little interesting. Like, so they, they haven't like done like a 2d animated movie in like forever. Mm-hmm. And like, this isn't 2d animated, but like it kind of shows like, almost some semblance of that but uh what it is itself like wishing on a star it looks like very generic yeah so the last 2d animated movie was princess and the frog which was like over a decade ago at this point yeah and yeah to me like the animation was them gesturing towards the stuff that sony's doing with we mentioned spider-man uh but there are tons of those now uh the mitchells versus the machines bad guys like they've made a lot of movies with that style now it's like gesturing towards that it doesn't quite commit and it just sort of looks like their current 3d animated movies just with like a little offness that is like 
I don't know. It's is it trying to look like a watercolor painting, like to some kind degree, of. but kind of, yeah. I I feel like it would have been a really cool idea to do to you know hundred year anniversary come back and do a two D animated movie. I especially agree. with they're going for like some of this referential stuff. I just think that would have been a good idea. Personally, and, and and it also really stands out to me that. In my opinion, one of the best movies of the year, the minimum one of the best looking movies of the year, The Boy and the Heron, is a 2D animated movie. One of the very few, a hand-drawn 2D animated movie that was released this year and is one of the most gorgeous looking things I've ever seen in my entire life. And it stands out. It it just does. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pulling up stills from Wish. And it's just like, I thought that this was going to have a more unique art style. It does not. It, yeah, it, it's it, it gets like ten percent of the way there. Like it still just looks like their other three D animated stuff. I, I I don't get that. All right, I did want to talk about this category because this is a brand new category for this year, hmm. which is the cinematic and box office achievement category. Yeah, that one kind of is standing out to me. It's weird. <laughs> it is a very weird category, and. Personally, I know that many, many people have tried to come up with ideas, mostly for the Oscars, because that's sort of the main award show, yeah. of ways in which that they could get uh, people to watch it. Because, Ryan, yeah. I think that most people are like you, where they look at the movies that were nominated for drama and then musical or comedy, and they've seen Oppenheimer and they've seen Barbie, and they've never even heard of the rest of them. or they've heard And that's rare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, that's... That doesn't happen every year. That's a great point. Barbie and Oppenheimer being two of the biggest movies of the year and being nominated for the big categories. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So people have thought, how could we come up with ways to inject more movies that people have seen into quote unquote real categories? Yeah. And the Golden Globes is attempting to do something here. I think that things like this are weird. I think that Going about it in this way, I think that the award shows should just lean more into being what they are. I agree, because it's especially weird. So this being cinematic and box office achievement, there is a literal metric to measure this. And like we all have that, we know it. And when it comes to like rewarding those movies, there's a great meme from one of my favorite television shows of all time, Mad Men, where Don Draper says, "That's what the money's for." <laughs> yeah. And that's what I say towards these movies. It's like, why do you need a category for this? You made money. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so like, yeah. If yeah, if the point is, it just doesn't. They don't really belong here. That's okay. It's just a different thing. And I'm going to be curious how they end up awarding this. Is it to the movie that made the most money? Is it going to be versus expectations? Is it going to be good job on making all this cash relative to what people... I don't... You know? Yeah. So you're I don't no, know. Your nominees, I'll just rapid fire them. Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, John Wick Chapter 4, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario Brothers movies, and Taylor Swift, The Eros Tour. Yeah. I could see the argument for Barbie. Yeah. Or Opp- so did that make the most money, or did Mario Bros? Uh, Barbie made the most money. Oppenheimer would make sense, too, of just beating expectations. Yep. That movie should not have done as well as it did. An R-rated biopic about... The creation of the atomic bomb making nine hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, seriously, that's crazy. 
that came out alongside the highest grossing movie yeah. of the year. Now that did help both movies, but right. still the same. Uh, yeah, you could see the argument for the Mario Brothers movie, but like I would, I would not like it if that won. No, that that movie was that made sense. I just it was obvious that movie was going to make a lot of money, and that it did. And... That was the whole point of making it. Yeah. The only other one that I could see winning this is Taylor Swift for just creating a whole other type of cinematic experience that kind of came out of nowhere. Like it was what it was announced like only a month or two before it came out in theaters and then it came in movies shifted their release dates to get away from it because they were just like, this is just going to command every screen for a few yeah. weeks here it did it dominated it made a lot of money i could see that making sense but it made a lot less than these other movies it made like right 250 whereas like that's still crazy it is crazy but barbie makes you know one and a half billion so i, I don't know all right do you want to do a little, a little peek at tv yeah maybe we could talk a little tv I'm there. I'm at TV, dude. All right. I'm going to rapid fire these dramas because I know that uh, neither of us have seen three of the five of these. And yeah. well, I haven't seen three of the five. You've only seen one of these. We got 1923, which is the spinoff True. of Yellowstone. Yeah, that's cringe. We've got the crown about the queen. Yeah, we've got that's cool. We've got the diplomat, which that's very weird that this TV show got nominated. This is a Carrie Russell, who was the star of The Americans and Felicity. This is a Netflix show where she plays a diplomat. Um, okay. okay. Yeah, I've heard good things, but still, uh, The Last of Us, which we've both seen, great show, based on the video game, The Morning Show, which there's no way this is good. Nope. As a matter of fact. This show's bad. I just know it. I haven't seen any of it. Uh, in Succession, which is obviously going to win. Now, so my question is, what is the cutoff for this? Because doesn't Better Call Saul have one more opportunity to win an Emmy? Emmys, but I don't yeah. think that's true for the Globes. If- and d- did it win Globes? I think it did, right? Last- uh, I don't remember. Or season six? Let me see. It w- yeah, so wait. Yeah, it... It, it aired last, it aired the summer of 2022. It, yeah. it would have been at last year's Globes. Okay. Like in its entirety? Yeah. I think that was the thing of only part of it would have been at last year's Emmys. That's the thing. Because the Emmys cutoff yeah. is in the middle of the year. Yeah. Because you have to remember the way that they used to do it, or not used to it, they still do it this way, the Emmys, but the way that TV used to air was it aired in the fall and then in the spring, yeah. right? It would fall, right. winter, spring. So the, the the cycle was like June to next year's June. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why it got odd. Wow. Okay. Last year, it got for its final season. Better Call Saul did not do very well at the Globes throughout its whole run. Damn. Uh, so he was nominated for actor five times throughout the run of the show 16 17 right. 18 21 23 never won okay. it only got a show nomination for the last one wow wow that's stupid <laughs> that's an incredible yeah. show and it should win emmys this year but it probably won't because succession was probably gonna win them whatever snooze show i i i hope i hope bracy horn wins best actress that's what i hope yeah but wait a second. Have the nominees for that already been announced? They have. Oh, 
was she nominated? And she wasn't. Great. <laughs> Never mind then. <laughs> Man, that's bullshit. That's horrible. Yeah, and I am looking at this right, right, aren't I? Was she nominated for supporting? She was. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. That's yeah, because we talked about that. That's that's the last time we had this conversation of when when they choose to go supporting to, to attempt to win. Yep. Um, I don't like that she's nominated for supporting. No, hundred percent a lead in the last season. Odenkirk and Odenkirk and Seahorn are the leads of that show. I I don't like yeah. that she's supporting. But anyway, I hope she wins that. Uh, best musical or comedy. I feel like this one works because you're at least aware of these shows, even if you haven't watched them all. And I feel like you have strong opinions about some of these. I do. Yeah, do you want to rattle these off and just tell people what you think about them in general? All right. Yeah, we got Abbott Elementary, uh, which I kind of like that show. It's all right. It's only the first like, three episodes. Yeah. So I haven't seen any of these shows as they have aired this year. No, but, but, yeah. but you've seen but Abbott yeah. Elementary. You know what it's about. Um, We've got Barry, which I like this show. I've watched literally three minutes of it. Okay. Uh, and I said, I'm not in the mood for this right now, but I like it conceptually. It is a show I always recommend to you because I tell you that it is a lot like Breaking Bad and and maybe not as much Saul, but it's like shows you yeah. like. You would like. Uh, we got The Bear. Uh huh. Watched one episode. Oh, I actually yeah. really liked it. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't know where the time goes. I know where it goes. <laughs> H. H Bobber guy, H Bobber man. What's oh yeah, I've been watching the H Bobber guy on YouTube. These awesome videos. <laughs> Four hour long documentary on YouTube. Four hour long video, but I'm not gonna watch the bear right now because I'm alright on that. I, uh, hey, hey man, watch what you want to watch. I that there is no judgment in that. By the way, I watch tons of stuff on YouTube. I yeah, all good. So Jury the, duty. Yeah, so you, this one's on free V. You haven't heard of this one, but people really, really liked this show. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's a show where they got a guy. <laughs> they got a guy. Oh, this is reality. Well, kind of. Reality hoax sitcom. Kind of. It's kind of scripted. It's in a very interesting show. So they got, they got this guy and mm-hmm. they put him on a fake jury. Now, where this gets interesting is, is that every, so everybody else on the jury is an actor, but they're almost all like no-name actors you wouldn't know, except for James Marsden, the actor who is playing himself. He's best known for, uh, he plays Cyclops in the X-Men movies. He's mm. uh, the main character in the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. He's the main character on Westworld. He's in all kinds of stuff. Pretty famous actor. Uh, <laughs> he plays himself, and he's just on the jury. And yeah, where it becomes a hoax show is is that uh the situation gets, from what I understand, quite silly. Uh, this is a funny bit. I like this show. Yeah, and he's the only one that's not in on it. It's it's pretty good. Um, we've got only murders in the building. Mm-hmm. Selena Gomez is this one. That's pretty dope. Yep. You you uh, you read me as the kind of guy that would like Selena Gomez on that show, but you would grow really tired of Steve Martin and Martin Short. Yeah, that's not about right. <laughs> uh, and we got Ted Lasso, which sucks. Oh, what do you mean? I thought that was your favorite show on TV. Awful show. Awful. That one I've seen about six, seven episodes of. Mm-hmm. Hate it. I've seen the whole thing. It's fine. 
I'm picking um, the Last of Us TV show, and I'm picking uh, Bear, uh, the Bear, the Bear. I'm picking the Bear. Yeah, I think the Bear will win. I feel like that was the, yeah. the buzziest of of those comedies. Like, I could see like Abbott winning. That wouldn't shock me. But the Bear. Yeah, yeah. I'm picking the Last in Chemistry for best limited series, anthology series, or most picture made for television. That's actually your favorite show on TV. That's a good show. I, for- I haven't seen it yet, but I forgot about that. I forgot about how much you love that show. When I do watch it, it's probably my favorite show. So, and uh, I'm gonna uh, along those same lines. My favorite show that I have not seen from that group is Daisy Jones and the Six, which is the show about the fake Fleetwood Mac band. Uh, oh yeah, that's sick. That which is like so my shit. This gives me big, almost famous slash roadies vibes for all my roadies heads out there. Yeah, starring Riley Keough, who is one of my favorite actresses, Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Oh, dope. She was in Mad Max Fury Road, a movie that you've seen multiple times and remember every second of. I've only seen it the one time, <laughs> and you don't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember it. You remember that there's a, a there's cars. You remember that? Yep, I remember the guitar part. That's pretty dope. Where the fire comes out. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, what do you think of all this? What do you make of all this? I love TV and I love awesome movies. I think we should get a YouTuber category at one of these events. Probably the Golden Globes. The Streamies, the Webbies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they already do that. The Streamer Awards. I want a YouTuber category at the Golden Globes. And this year, I'd probably give it to Forg. <laughs> Forg's are underway with it this year. Yeah, made a huge bounce back. Yeah, he's got to get back on the YouTube, but uh, once he does, I think it's, I think it's his, for the, to, his to lose. <laughs> uh, I'm scrolling through here. I have a couple that I want to point out. Uh, Best original song. We've got Peaches from the Super Mario Brothers movie as performed by Jack Black. That was Black. a dope song. Yeah, that was that was funny. Uh, what, okay, uh, here's, a, here's a real question for you. Uh-huh. We got three Barbie songs nominated for Best Original Song. We have Dance the Night, which was the Mark Ronson Dua Lipa one. Yeah. I'm Just yeah, Ken. You're going to make me pick. I'm Just Ken, which was the big Ryan Gosling number. Also done by yeah. Mark Ronson, and then what was I made for the Billie Eilish uh, track? What? What do you? I hate. Hey, um, that her dumb brother's name is Phineas. <laughs> uh, because it reminds you of Phineas and Ferb. And he writes all the damn music. They write the damn music. They I know. Together. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was a troll. Oh, you think because he's a... oh a little troll for you online music heads out there. A little, you get that one. A little sexist troll because you're implying that yeah. the, the the man writes all. A, the music. a little sexist troll. Do you remember when that was like headlines? <laughs> Anyways, um, that's pretty tough. I actually like all those songs. That was a really good soundtrack. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Huge fan. Uh, I'm going. Uh, I'm just canning that. That was funny in the in the in the movie. Me too. That is also my pick. Yeah. I thought that the 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 Dua Lipa one was a, a hair disappointing to me because I do like Dua Lipa and I do think she makes some pretty uh, catchy tracks. I don't know. It felt yeah. it felt a little generic pop song to me. Yeah, I like the um, the Lizzo one better. That one was pretty good. I think I like that song better. That one was pretty good. And yeah, what was I made for? It's just kind of it is what it is. It's it's good. Yeah. Um, I think perhaps 
the most interesting category to me for both the Oscars and the Globes is actually best original score. Now, this is interesting because you, you have seen the kind of the ones that I want to yeah, talk about. Yeah, this is bullshit. This is tough. I, I couldn't pick. Uh, which is uh, uh, Joe uh, Hizayashi for uh, The Boy and the Heron and Ludwig Göransson for Oppenheimer. Now, you've also got, I know you haven't seen this one, but Robbie Robertson's Killers of the Flower Moon score, uh, who passed away recently. Um, mm-hmm. Robbie Robertson from the from uh, the band. You know, the band. The name of the band yeah. is The Band. Oh, oh! Their famous I'm song, not familiar. The Weight. Um, yeah, that's, that's a tough category, dude. I, I would go Joe Hizayashi. I mean, like, I love Ludwig Göransson's score. I've listened to it so much. I'm not a big listen to a score just on its own kind of guy, but I've yeah. done that a lot with Oppenheimer this year. I'll just put it on the background. But uh, that Joe Hizayashi score from The Boy and the Heron, right, the end scene when they're uh, running away, when they're in that big chase sequence, and that Hizayashi score starts blasting, yeah. and they're running out of there. Like that's one of the most like I ascended during that scene. Uh, I've got to go. With I'm that disagreeing. One. I'm going. I'm going with Oppenheimer. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's key to keeping a, a a big long three hour movie flowing. Is a good score. Agreed. I think it does a lot of that heavy lifting for it. So it's tough. And it's I tough act. and I think that that score is such a mood setter. Like where like I th- I've, yeah. like it's almost the inverse. Like I feel like that Hizayashi one when it picks up at the end is when I'm like, this is this is it. The Oppenheimer one, the first like thirty minutes of that movie are so yeah. important that that score is getting you in and sucking you in, and it's combining yeah. with the images. Like especially at the beginning when it's first doing like the showing of the you know the rapidly moving like atoms and things like that. Yeah. Like how like how he's seeing the world like as as he's learning about this very high level stuff and he it's changing his perception of reality. Yeah. Like the score helps so much with that. The both are incredible. I don't think there's a wrong answer there. Fun. So that was Yeah. That was that was a classic podcast foodcast side tangent. That, it was. That lasted a half an hour. I've done that in a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm predicting a big old Ted Lasso sweep. America has Ted Lasso so- fever. Speaking of Ted Lasso being awesome, um, what kind of score are you going to give the um, number eight Subway series? Great Garlic. The Great Garlic. Well, I would give uh, Ted Lasso five Ted's out of Lasso, of course. Yeah, five um, Ted's. Five soccer balls. Oh, five footballs. Thank you very much. They call it football (laughs) over there. Yo, the Columbus crew won sports. The tournament. The Calder Cup. That's... (laughs) is that what it's called is that mean isn't because that's the minor league hockey one that's what i was getting that's the minor league hockey one yeah they're about equivalent like as far as i'm concerned i'm going to give the number eight the great garlic two foot longs out of five okay and for me it was all about flavor picking up what was a pretty disappointing sandwich to me Like I said before, the things that I want out of a good sub sandwich, I don't think that this hits on those. That's uh, which is why it's getting a low score. Doesn't have the bread. What? Doesn't have the bread quality that I want. Doesn't have the uh, satisfying amount of meats. And I think that some of the ingredients, such as the bacon or the lettuce, tomato, onion, it's not what I want. It, it, It doesn't quite have the quality that I want. 
it get it gets the it gets the two the two footlongs out of five because of the flavor, the nice garlic aioli sauce. I thought the cheese was pretty good. I thought that kind of blended together and created something that was decently pleasant. Yeah, oh no, oh no, not the worst, but I don't think that it stacks up well against its competitors, its main competitors in the fast food sandwich scene. So that's my take. What, what about you? What kind of rating are you going to give? Well, yeah, you know, even though all, all of our subway heads have already clicked off the episode, deleted, you know, that's from their RSS feed and are done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listening forever. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go four footlongs out of five. Okay. It's kind of between a three and a four on this one. This sandwich in particular, the champ. I liked it. You know, I, I, I liked the chicken with the ranch. Um, I, I, like ranch, like chicken, bacon, ranch in general, like ranch, like a hot sandwich is kind of a tough sell for me. I'm not the, the biggest fan. It worked really well here. I, I loved the use of cheese on this sandwich and all in all, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of the, of the subway ingredients, their specific taste, maybe not the freshest, maybe not the most authentic, but specific, um, for better or for worse. I'm going four foot longs out of five. You know, can I be honest with you? Yeah, sure. You know, I oftentimes throw the review thing at you. You end up having to come up with the the review scale most of the time. Yeah. You know, I did this week. I said foot logs. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even make the $5 foot long out of five connection. Ooh, I didn't even wow. make that. I wasn't even thinking that. I just said wow. that off the dome. Foot logs out of five. $5 foot log. That's so good. Has double That's meaning. Good, dude. Double meaning. That is good. Yeah, I I think that both of those scores sound about right. You know, I could I you know I could see a world. I don't think it's that surprising that depending on our respective orders, there was a chance that this could have been a one star versus five star, which I don't know if that's ever happened on this show. Probably not. Do, Probably not. Do you think there's a sandwich on this menu you would give five stars depending on the context, time of day, whatever? Full transparency, I'd give five stars to my standard order. Yeah. And yeah, just depending on what I what I got, like there's potential that if I had just gotten something standard like the BLT or maybe even the buffalo chicken, it's possible I would have given it one just if I wasn't feeling it. Yeah, but two and four. That does feel right to what we experienced the other day where you where I feel like you came away from yours being like, yeah, this mostly hit all the marks I needed it to hit. And I came away from going, OK, it wasn't the disaster that I feared it to be. Mm-hmm. So two and two and a four. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. If we were to go back to Subway, what what kind of approach do you think that we we should take? Should we get do cookies? Should we get something completely different? Well, cookies aren't bad. I I was gonna I was thinking about this before we uh, we started recording. Um, Subway's not bad because they do bring things in and out of the menu sometimes, and they will bring new things in. Mm-hmm. Like even what we saw here at the Subway series, like this is a new menu. Being a part of the menu came out a year ago, and there's already new stuff, you know, rotating in and out of there. So yeah, maybe if something like that catches our eye is interesting. I don't know. Yeah, like if Jason Tatum gets another sandwich. Oh, like Jason Tatum and Draymond Green had sandwiches at one point. Okay. Yeah, you, get- you would do it. You would do the. You would do the Jason Tatum sandwich. Well, we could get the Jason Tatum sandwich, and then we could get the Jason Tatum uh, chips that you those like so much, and then we could put those on the sandwich. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. What about the Darius Garland chips exclusive to Heinen's? 
Yeah, so like if Darius Garland got a sandwich, I'd be all over that. Yeah, that should happen, dude. Yeah, we need more Cleveland-based fast food or Cleveland athlete-based fast food crossovers. Yeah. We need more of that. Yeah. You know they call Jose Ramirez the goat. Mm-hmm. Goat cheese. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. They call Donovan Mitchell Spida. Oh. <laughs> I was hoping that I could come up with a third one that's like nasty. <laughs> yeah. I I could think of some tamer ones. I feel like minivan sandwich is kind of funny. <laughs> that's a good one. But he's not very high profile. No, I don't think so. I don't know if there's <laughs> national appeal for George Niang. No. No, there is a very funny infographic that came out during the summer that was like uh, the winningest players in each decade. 70s, Kareem. 80s, <laughs> Magic or Bird, one of those. 90s, Michael Jordan. 2000s, LeBron. 2010s, LeBron. 2020s, so far, George Niang. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Which is accurate. It is true. He is the winningest player of the 2020s so far. That's crazy. Right, I think that was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Going to I new, always do. Going to new places, I think, is a little extra zhuzh for this podcast. Yeah. And we're uh, we're winding down. We're winding down the year. We're winding down uh, this season of the Podcast Foodcast Season 2. Yeah, you, yeah. What do you think about this season, dude? I think it was dope. Yeah, I think so. I, I thought it was a good season. What a season, what a season. We branched out. We did new stuff. You know, I, I'm pretty sure we did breakfast for the first time this year. Yeah. Started the year off, right? Yeah, we started the year with that. Yeah, as a matter of fact. We did our first tournament. That was cool. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, this year we did a lot more like custom order stuff, which we didn't really do in season one. Yeah. Season one was almost entirely, I believe, us getting like a listed menu item from a fast food spot season two saw us doing things mm-hmm. like uh bb bop and chipotle and things like that and these sub places yeah i thought that was cool yeah so we're gonna we're gonna wind down this season we're gonna have an episode for everybody next week yeah do you want to do some housekeeping yeah some housekeeping here at the end yeah we'll, we'll have uh an episode up next week that'll that'll be our season finale yeah that'll be our season finale we're gonna wind things down with that episode that'll be sort of our holiday episode we'll see how it plays out yeah we've we've had some preliminary discussions we'll see how that things play out uh we will not be with you that week of uh christmas that last week of the year Mm -hmm. but we will be right back at the start of the next year so that that's how this is going to go the next three weeks we'll be on next week off the week after back on January 2nd to start season three of the podcast. And we're ready to talk about the new epic year 2024. Oh my God. 2024. Kobe Bryant year. Kobe. (laughs) Imagine, imagine the year 824. I bet that year was awesome. Double Kobe. Yeah. Kobe was both number eight and number 24. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, look forward to that. Look forward to that. We're gonna have some some new some new episodes over the next few weeks. We're gonna have a 
a little finale, and then a little premiere. Yeah. I think that's going to do it. I think that'll do it, dude. Unless you had anything else. That's all I got. That's all he's got. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening. This has been another fantastic episode of the Podfast Foodcast. I'm Steven. He's Ryan. We'll see you next week. See ya.